Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Barry Moore. Barry is a candidate for U.S. Congress, and he is also the CEO of BMI. He has served in our state house in the past, and he's just a, uh, a servant leader who wants to, to get back into the action and really feels like it's, it's what God has called him to do. So, Barry, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. It's an honor to be uh, on your podcast, I guess. Yes, sir. And you know, Barry, you have been with us before, and a lot has changed since that, that last time. Uh, kind of walk us through after the, the last election and, and where you are right now, kind of bring the listeners up to speed as to how things have been going. Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, we, we served in Alabama legislature until 2018 and I had term limited myself. So I, I served my eight years and, you know, was proud to do that. Started in 2010. And obviously they, you know, we had a, a very, very difficult 2014 that kind of drug us through the mud as they do so many conservatives. And so um, we got to drove through the mud in 14, but the Lord used that process in October of 2014 to kind of transform me. And so he told me then, he said, obedience will be greater than sacrifice in 2018. Well, actually in 15, he had me endorse Trump, which didn't make a lot of sense to the political pundits in Alabama or across the country. Uh, Trump, I think, had a 1% chance to get the nomination that day. But we were at Lad People Stadium and and um, we were there to meet Trump. He was coming through the next day, Rubio and Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, were coming through Alabama. But for some reason that day, the wife and I prayed and we felt compelled to uh, endorse Trump, which, like I said, made no sense in the political world. Um, but uh, we went on to, to endorse him, became the first elected official in the nation to do so. That was August 21st, 2015. And then I ran and got elected as a Trump delegate. And uh, so uh, it's been a long, interesting journey. But 14, kind of the Lord teaching me to be obedient when it didn't make sense all the time led me to endorse Trump when it didn't make sense. And so uh, Trump became the president, obviously. And then the Lord asked me to run for Congress in 2018. We ran against an incumbent and uh, we lost. And that was a difficult time that knowing the Lord had called you to do something, but not seeing seeing it come to fruition, I guess I should say, like you thought it might, you know. But I've learned that you got to trust his time and you trust the Lord. All of us trust the Lord, but we don't always trust his timing in a process. But we laid the groundwork in 18. And uh, so when Congressman Roby said you wasn't running in 20, we had already been, the Lord had already kind of indicated to us that something, a door was about to open and we'd know what it was when it opened. And so um, the minute it opened, my wife called and said, well, you know, you got to step in. And so I had to do it again. And I did not want to, because I'm not a political guy. I don't even enjoy politics. Honestly, I, I would rather run my business, but sometimes the Lord will ask us to do things and, and it's not always what we like, but he says, if you'll humble yourself before him, he'll 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 elevate you. And so um, it's been an, a walk of humility and at times a very difficult path, not easy, but uh, he's always been faithful. And so this process has led us to be the Republican nominee for Congress. The race is uh, the elections tomorrow. Um, we have a general election tomorrow. And I feel pretty confident that I'm going to be in the 117th Congress of the U.S., but it it just took me being obedient, it took the Lord to break me, to make me, to shape me in 2014, to bring me where I am today. And so, you know, I don't worry about going forward. He brought me this far. And so 
I've learned that he will certainly do to depend on as my mom always said. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's it's easy for people to say that they trust the Lord with everything when everything's going right. But when everything is is not going the way that you expected it to go and he's called you to do something and you are trying to walk that out, uh, either you, you know, trust him or you don't. And, you know, I, I know in, in my own life, uh, there have been certain situations where I've stepped out and I've followed him to do certain things. And I'm like, OK, did I did I hear you correctly? Uh, am I doing what you wanted me to do? But it was that. For me also, it was that humbling process. It was that refining process. And it was getting me to realize that I needed to trust him for everything instead of just certain areas of my life. And that complete surrender gets you on a, an incredible journey. Uh, there's never a dull moment, but it's also, uh, you never know what it's gonna look like when he's in charge. I, I found in my experience is that uh, if we truly will yield to his calling in our lives, most more often than not, well, we understand then that he becomes responsible for the outcome. And it's not necessarily that we're not going to walk it perfect. I can tell you we're going to miss him. But but he will make his voice known either through the word, through friends who are prophets and Christians or, or through your own spirit, the Lord speaking to you. And so, um, you know, I, there's a couple of verses I, I keep in my journal. The Lord had me start journaling an inauguration of Trump. And in January of 2017, the Lord told me to start journaling through a prophet. Actually, it was strange, but. But I'm, I'm getting to journaling. So uh, 119, Psalms 119, says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and unto my path. And what I found is that a lamp doesn't give a lot of light. You know, a, a lamp just gives you enough to see maybe that next step. But it's not like a, it's not like he's going to, it's not the sunset or the sunrise out there that you know the future. All you can do is walk in faith. And Lord told me a long time ago, he said, I'd rather you have to trust me than to know the outcome. And that requires a relationship. I found that if uh, if I knew the outcome, I don't like I'll be honest with you in the runoff and the primary. I was prayed up and I still do my, my daily prayer and I seek the Lord daily um, when I was so, so dependent on when I got to the general, I felt pretty good. And I've, I've kind of not maybe not walking, this, you know, not seeking that lamp daily like I need to. And so I know going to D.C. will be a little different. I, I'll certainly feel the pressure to, uh, to to conform. But the Lord's called us to be different. And so. Uh, I, I like that fact that it says he's a lamp unto my feet. In other words, I really got to take that next step. And that's all I'm about going to be able to see. But he has, he has set people in my life and in my path to do this. And so to God be the glory. I knew that when he broke me to make me to shake me, that that uh, the one thing he wanted was me to give him the credit. And uh, if you know anything, I'm not that politically savvy. I'm not a, a great political mind. I've married a great political mind and I've got some great volunteers, but me, it was just the Lord providing people along the way and uh, just trusting that he would do what he needed to do to see that he gets the glory. And so we didn't have the big endorsements. We fought. There's not a single association in the state that endorsed us. It was like Trump. It seemed like we were kicking against the goads at time and we were outspent 10 to 1. But uh, we won 60-40 in a runoff against one of the wealthiest people in the state. So God can do things, but he wants to make sure when he does them that we know who did it. Right. And so if we're not dependent on man. We're not dependent on the mountain of money. We're dependent on him. And uh, it like I said, it's a humbling process. And uh, but it sure is. It's it's wonderful to see him be faithful. Absolutely. Well, the, the good news is I know that there are several congressional Bible studies that, that are in D.C. I've, I've been able to participate uh, up there with Congressman Palmer before. And, and so I know that there are men that 
that in the halls of Congress are meeting to do that. And then I know at the Capitol Hill Club, there's also another uh, Bible study that takes place amongst congressional leaders. So uh, there are people that are uh, full of faith that that are in D.C. Um, last Sunday, I was in D.C. for the, the Lettuce Worship event with Sean Foy. Oh, yeah. And a wonderful event. It's incredible. And uh, Seth, I think his last name's Harley. Uh, senator from Missouri, youngest senator in the nation. And he got up there and he prayed and he prophesied and he declared that that we were going to see uh, spiritual growth in America and revival take place. And and it was just awesome to see, you know, I mean, Sean Foyt's got nothing to lose, but but this guy is, is politically active. And to see people that are in public office that are willing to stand for the things that they believe, specifically for the word of God, it is so, uh, I think it's impactful. I know it's impactful to me. I know it's got to be impactful to a lot of people. So it takes bold faith and it takes courage, but I appreciate it. And I know so many other people do. Uh, as you go forward, you and your wife are going to be moving up to DC, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Heather is uh, Heather is kind of, like I said, out of our family. She's one that really followed politics growing up and enjoys it. And, uh, she was she raised our kids and, and and thank goodness the caboose, as I call him, is now at Auburn. So um, she can move to D.C. with me and it's going to be working out of our office free of charge, obviously, for the taxpayers. But it's going to be an opportunity to give tours behind the scenes and us for the rollout the red carpet. But, you know, I need I need um, prayer warriors. And, and she's certainly one of those people that are spirit filled and hears from the Lord. And so um, we've been in this together. The Lord, I believe, put us together for such a time as this. And so. Um, we're going to do a little Bible study. She's going to do it for interns, her and my daughter. My daughter was the youngest Trump delegate in the nation. Her husband is an uh, army ranger. They will, he's finishing up in Iraq, his tour, and he's going to Georgetown law. So they'll be in DC. And uh, I know Heather and Kathleen are going to be doing a, a Bible study for interns. We have a passion for that, a burden for those young people coming from all over the country and they're leaving home. And so that's one of the things they'll be doing. And of course, I'm going to be joining those Bible studies you talked about. I've been following Sean's ministry. You know, he ran for Congress. He's talking about the, the let us worship thing in, on the mall this weekend. I went for the prayer walk on September 26th. And uh, so uh, we were there for that. And uh, Billy uh, Franklin Graham, I guess it was, that had it, Billy's son. And then there was a, um, another, uh, Jonathan Kahn, who wrote The Harbinger, was having an event there. So we were there for that. But uh, I think the Lord's pouring his spirit out upon our country. And I think that he's going to, you know, I, I I wrote down here in one of my Bible verses is First Peter 5, 6. I mentioned this a while ago. It says, but basically humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. and He will exalt you in due time. And so I think the Lord's bringing people who are truly humble. I think he can use a humble person. And I think that's the thing that's missing a lot in D.C., a lot in our own lives, man. We we tend to want to be in control. We tend to want to do it our way. And if we'll humble ourselves and trust him, he'll elevate us in due time. And I think that's the that's a testimony I hope that's being lived out in my life. And certainly that was one of my concerns when I tried to do this and decided to do this was that, Lord, how will this, how will my testimony impact the people around me? Maybe people who don't believe, but you're saying the Lord's called you to do this, you know? And so I'm like, uh, I wanted to make sure that he was found faithful and people could see that. And so that's been my experiences. He's been so faithful in my life. And man, I tell you what, from here, it only gets better, brother.
Absolutely. That's awesome. And and I do agree that, you know, there have been so many movements and so many gatherings there in D.C. petitioning God for his favor on this nation. I mean, not just, um, you know, the, the Franklin Graham event, but, you know, not just the Sean Foyt event. There was another one this weekend. I know Jeremiah Johnson and some other prophetic voices were there. And then um, there was another um I can't remember what the other voice of the apostles, maybe uh, I think that was in D.C. also. But I mean, so many things in this season of election, it's it's also going to be a season of harvest because the, the people that are in love with the Lord, that are in relationship with the Lord, Lord, they are seeking him, whereas the world is seeking you know, what the media has to say, they're seeking what, uh, you know, the, the entertainment industry has to say, what the celebrities have to say, and we're seeking God first. And so I just think that they don't even understand what's about to take place tomorrow. The, the overwhelming uh, results that are going to be in favor of, of God's people versus uh, the wicked. And, you know, and I hate to, to refer to them that way, but the reality is that you're either for God or you're against him. And, uh, there are a lot of people that are against him that are going to find out the hard way that that he still hears the cries of his people. And because so many people have humbled themselves and they have seek, sought his face, uh, he is going to heal our land. And and I, I know that there are a lot of people that, um, you know, when it comes to Donald Trump and humility, those aren't two things that that go necessarily hand in hand. But he has fought for Christian values and so even though you may not see some of the fruit in his own life, I think that it's there, but you don't see it as prevalent as, um, you know, the, the media would have it uh, portrayed. But he has done more for Christianity in our lifetime than any sitting president. And so, you know, that's what I think is, is extremely important. You've gotten to spend a, a good bit of time with him. I know you were in D.C. in the White House a few weeks ago. What was that experience like? Well, it was really neat. He, uh, you know, we, uh, Heather and I went and uh, we were escorted into the Oval Office. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that was neat about it. Uh, first, Heather was one of the people early in the office. In other words, when they opened the door, she was kind of head of the group. And uh, so she walked in the Oval Office and she was wandering around looking all excited. I mean, when you walk in the Oval Office, it's kind of intimidating. And so she was observing kind of what you'd seen on TV and what you'd seen in the photos. You saw the flags and you saw the sofas and the, the picture of portrait of Lincoln and all that. And she turned to her right, sitting over there behind the resolute desk is Trump. He's not said a word. He's just grinning. And so it kind of started. He's, oh dear Lord, you know, it kind of startled her. But he was just, I think he was enjoying just watching people take in that experience for the first time ever. Cause when we came across in the Roosevelt room across the hall, you come in the left side of the oval office, it's truly an oval. So she was, he was kind of back off to the right, kind of almost like he was hiding over there, but just grinning, waiting for everybody to see him. And so, so the one thing I noticed about him, he truly is personable. He loves people. He loves the American people. And yeah, he's a little crass sometimes. General Patton's a little crass, you know, but you sometimes these things require people that are pretty tough to do what has to be done because Satan doesn't always play fair. And so you have to have people who are very tough, who are who are who are strong, strong people. And so I think that he has been I was there for the inauguration of January twenty first, two thousand and seventeen. The protest started that day. It's not a new thing. They're not protesting something he's done while he was in office. They were protesting the day he was sworn in. So this is not a new phenomenon. They have despised him and fought him every step of the way. And he truly is, I believe, trying to give government back to the people. But as we were getting ready to, it was my mom's birthday. It was September 23rd. And so 
Uh, I had a little photo I wanted him to sign for my mom's birthday. And Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, is a fine, fine man, a good friend of mine, or a friend of mine, I should say. And he, uh, I asked Mark, I walked over while they were taking a few more photos and said, hey, do you think the president might sign this for my mom's birthday? And uh, he said, yeah. He said, Let, let's get the room cleared. He said, I'll get it signed and <clears throat> we'll get it mailed to you. And Trump overheard us talking and he says, oh, no, no. He says, bring it on over. He said, I want to sign it right now. So he he signs it immediately while we're there. And uh, I stick it in my coat and I thought, well, good, I've got mom a pretty cool birthday present. So we go back to the Roosevelt room. We'd spent about 45 minutes with him. He was talking about the races around the country, different things going on. The Supreme Court nominee asked us what we thought about Amy Coney Barrett. And uh, so we get back in the Roosevelt room and we're sitting in there kind of visiting. And in walks Mark Meadows, the chief of staff. And he said, hey, Barry, he said, the president wants your mom to have the pen he signed it with. And so he went through the trouble to send that to make sure that it was really, really special. And so um, he was really, he's the personal people. He seems to care personally about the people. And so um, granted he's New York hit back. He's not like a Southern Bible belt Christian folks, but, but I think, I don't know that many people could have stood up under the current conditions that he's had to govern under and do it and not, not blink almost. He doesn't blink. And I don't know anybody else that could have took it. But he's he is God's man for this time in our nation. I said that the day I endorsed him. I was uh, I said that the day on the victory tour when he came back through. I thought he was God's man for this time. And so um, the Lord is doing a wonderful work in America. You know, 2020 is the year of the mouth of the Lord on the Jewish calendar. And I think God is rolling out what's about to happen. He's going to save this nation. He's going to I think he's going to turn us back to him. And I think there'll be an outpouring of his spirit. So we're excited, humbled and stunned that we are where we are today. Well, that the year 5780 on the Jewish calendar, year of the mouth, and then 2020 means double portion. So God wanted to pour out a double portion in the year of the mouth. And what did Satan do? He said, I want you to wear a muzzle. I want you to silence your voice. And God says, I want you to speak. And so I just think that, you know, that there's been so many things with you know the masks and, and the shutdown and all of these different things in this year that it's been very spiritual. People can look at it you know, just in the natural and in the physical and in the political, but the spiritual realms have been warring this entire year also. And and I do agree with you that, that God has called us to be bold and courageous. He hasn't called us to be timid and weak. And political correctness is a disease in this country. And it, it's been very infectious. And so people have been afraid to speak up. They've been afraid to stand for their Christian values. They've been afraid to even say, that they're voting for this man because of the polarization that is caused. But again, I believe that the American people are going to make their voices heard loud and clear tomorrow when the election uh, is finalized. And, uh, and I know that they're already saying that it's going to take so much time and this, that, and the other, but, but I believe it's going to be so overwhelming that people are going to know that they're going to know that this was the man that was chosen for a time such as this because he has not caved. He isn't politically correct. He doesn't say or do all the right things, but he loves America. He loves the American people. And, and just there's story after story after story of, of people like you that have had those interactions with him where, hey, I want you to make this special. I want to make it special for you. I want to make it special for your mother because he cares. Somebody who doesn't care doesn't take the time to do stuff like that. No. They're all about them and they're all about, you know, recognition. He does a lot of things quietly behind the scenes that people never get told about, especially not by this media, which is 
you know, so deceitful. It's a mouthpiece of Satan. Um, but, you know, I, I just I think that it's fantastic that you've had that personal interaction and you've seen that softer side of him. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I, obviously, the media is never going to show that side of him. And and uh, they, they I think you're right. I th- it's funny you say that because my wife has said the same thing. that She felt like it would be such an overwhelming turnout that the, there would be such a red wave in a sense. And it's to me what's cool about it. And I told Heather we were at an event yesterday afternoon after church. We went with Tomka for a Trump event. And uh, it's almost like the charismatic, the people who are truly spirit filled get it. You know, God is truly using this man. I mean, some of the hardest pushback we've gotten been from establishment folks who are in the church pews, but I don't think they're in tune to what God's doing. And so um, I think he is truly rolling out his spirit. Um, and I think you're right. It's been but the devil always kind of overplays his hand. Seems to me that's kind of what's going on in the country. And I, I think we're going to see a, a, a remarkable reelection of God's man for this time. And hopefully even in uh, Congress, we'll have some people who are truly seeking the Lord. And that's the thing that I request from you and your followers, man, is y'all keep us in your prayers. Cause I, I know we've been called, I've been called to be a, to, to speak truth. And so you want to do that in love, obviously, but there's a way that you have to do it. And so, the Lord has brought me to this point, and I don't know what that means going forward. I said a while ago, he's a lamp to my feet, so I'm not sure exactly when I get to D.C. what that looks like. But uh, we want to go serve, and the Lord woke me up after the runoff with Micah 6, 8. He said, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before the Lord. And so um, we're going to do just that, man. We're going we're gonna to try to do justly. We want to love mercy, obviously, but we've got to walk humbly. And so it's it's a, for us Christians, a political correctness, you brought that up a while ago, political correctness has been a cancer in society where you can't speak up, you can't say the truth anymore without getting totally lambasted. But I think there's a way that needs to be done. I think there's a way that we can do that. But uh, I don't have the wisdom within me to do that. It's going to be the spirit of the Lord. So I'm praying that people will join us in prayer, obviously. And and I'm hoping that we will. And and we'll be able to be a, a light in the darkness, you know. I know for me personally, one thing that I've experienced as far as standing true and and standing up for conservative Christian values, uh, I've had a lot of conversations over this COVID and and racial divide uh, season of of friends that are completely opposite of me, you know, different political beliefs, different backgrounds, uh, you know, don't look the same. And ultimately, you know, we sit down, we look eyeball to eyeball and we say, Hey, this is what I believe. Okay, this is what I believe. All right, I can agree with you on this. All right, I, I disagree with you on this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I let them know that all of my truth is rooted in biblical wisdom. And if they can show me where it says it in the Bible, then I can get on board with what they're trying to accomplish. If they can't, then I'm going to have to disagree because that's going to be my foundation. And from that standpoint, I think there are so many people. I was talking to a pastor the other day, 90% of Christians are biblically illiterate. And and I don't know if it's that high, but he said, you know, in our church, I would say 90 percent are biblically illiterate. They come to get fed, but they don't read the word. And and I think that that's the biggest reason that so many people don't stand up for the things that they believe in is because they don't know why they believe them. They cannot vocalize why they believe the things they believe. But if you know in your heart 
why you believe what you believe, and you can defend those things with truth and love. And, you know, you don't back down when you get called a name, then I think people understand it. They respect it. And they say, OK, you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily agree with everything this person had to say, but I get why they're standing up for the things they believe. In. I don't think that they're a racist. I don't think that they're, uh, you know, just hate large groups of people. I fully don't have to agree 100 percent with somebody in order for them to understand where I'm coming from. And so I just think it's extremely important as you go to D.C., you stand up for the things that you believe in, but you also, you know, vocalize why you believe the things that you believe. And I think that as people defend from a factual and non-emotional standpoint why they believe that certain things, I think that that's the difference between we're just going to shout, we're just going to call names, we're just going to. Uh, get extremely emotional in uh, an issue, uh, I, I think that that's really where we've got the opportunity to shine. And the media is not going to do any favors for you or, or anybody else that's conservative. But um, the, the more that's done, I think that the more we can win on critical issues. Yeah. You know, and one of the things the Lord showed me in 2014, I told you one time before when we did an interview a year or two ago that he got me out of the bed and had me go out and pray. It was a really strange event in 2014 where he began to transform me. But, um, you know, Proverbs 9 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I realized through that process that being in his presence was, it wasn't a fear like he was going to hit us over the head for doing something wrong. It was an, ob it was an observation on my end that, wow, he is holy and I am not. And, uh, you know, and also it says the knowledge of holy is understanding. And so as we begin, we've got a great thing to share to the world, man, and to the people who are lost that there is a God and we're not him, but he is full of grace and mercy. But he loves us, man. And so um, people, most of these people that I find that we're fighting against, it's not a flesh and blood issue. It's a spiritual battle. It's like you said, the, there's been a spiritual battle going on for the future of this nation. And. I say that often when I'm speaking at campaign events. This is not a Democrat versus Republican. This is not a black versus white, brown versus yellow. It's not that at all. What it is is a spiritual battle for the future of the country. And there's people who are lost and who are full of anger. And they don't even understand why sometimes they take these positions. But as Christians, we need to understand why we take our position. And that's we need to be clear in the word. Like you said, we need to understand what the Bible says. And then we need to do that. You know, because you can have all of these things, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything. And so there is a world full of people who are hungry for acceptance and love. And I'm not talking about acceptance of their sin, but a loving God who sent his son to die so that they could be forgiven and could walk in a relationship with him that we need to share. And I think there's an opportunity to do that. And, you know, I pray the Lord will use us for that. And such a time as this, my brother, such a time as this. Absolutely. I do think that there are so many hungry and desperate people. And, and the reason that you've seen such an outcry with a lot of these movements is because people want to be seen and they want to be heard. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they lash out because they don't know what to say or do. So they just do whatever. And, you know, I, I think that it is a great opportunity for the body of Christ to address those people with truth, with biblical truth, but also in that place of love. But let me know that Jesus died for every single one of us. Amen. You know, it, it wasn't uh, a, just a political party. It wasn't just, uh, you know, a skin color. It wasn't just anything. It was for all 
And, and if it was just you, if it was just me, he would have done it. But he did it for every single person. And and I think that that's something that, you know, again, the, the, the enemy will never have that because, you know, that, that's not what he represents. So, you know, when we stand on the side of God's truth and with his love, you know, there's there's nothing that can defeat us. Amen. So that's a that's a beautiful thing. Well, as we uh, go into this home stretch, I mean, you, you've got tomorrow and then that's it. How do you uh, how do you feel? How's everything with with you and your family? And well, you know, it's it's been a long, long road to hoe. Um, you know, we started 10 years ago in the state house at this time. And so um, as far as my family, my kids are excited. They're they're giddy. I don't know that they always wanted me to do this, but now that we're here, they're excited. I think that it's been a if nothing else has strengthened their faith in the Lord, it has certainly strengthened mine. I just love how faithful he is over the long haul. And, you know, it's we're excited. We're going to get moved to D.C. and, and get sworn in and, and do that sort of thing. And you know, I do. We just need your prayers. I mean, I, the Lord has brought you to a position where you can be elevated so the Lord can hear you. He's going to have all of us doing different things. But, you know, Romans 8, 28 says he knows the plan, he knows that plan that he has for us and all things work together to those called according to his purpose. And so we want to make sure that we're we're called according to his purpose. And I think we are. But we have to be mindful that he raises up kings and he sets kings down. And we want to serve in, in a noble, honorable capacity and represent him well and man we have an opportunity to reach people who are lost and honestly who are not even on our side right now but there's a loving god and i'm not him but i sure do know him and i've enjoyed walking with him well that's always a a a message of good news and that it is available for every one of us and um thankful that that we get to represent him so barry it's been an honor to have you here today uh go ahead and wish you congratulations in advance and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in D.C. Uh, but to all the, the listeners out there, if you enjoyed this episode, please share this with somebody else who may need some encouragement. And also you can check us out on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also on Instagram, uh, Living Life on Purpose Always. So we appreciate you listening. We will look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless you.